Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion email edition for July 10th, 2007. And uh, we're going to get ahead and jump right in. We got a whole bunch of emails today. We're not sure how many we're going to get to. But uh, for those of you uh, who are, just want to make sure I remind everybody, if you'd like to submit uh, an email to the show, uh, have us answer a question or a comment you'd like us to read, by all means, go ahead and send us an email, podcast at wdwinfo.com, or you can fill out the form on our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. If we read your email on the show, we'll send you your own Diz Unplugged t-shirt, and at the end of the month, we take all the emails that we read on the show, pick one winner at random, and give them a really cool prize. So far, we've given away a three-day, two-night stay at the Swan Dolphin, and we've given away a seven-day park hopper pass. The last two months. That's pretty good, I think. That's very Excellent. nice. <laughs> he loves quoting Borat. <laughs> so, all right, who wants to uh, who wants to go first this week? Can I just say a quick note before we start? By all means. I wanted to say thank you to everyone who sent um, condolence email to me. I got some in my personal email account as well as in the podcast account. Um, obviously, I, I can't get back to all of you personally, but so I wanted to say on air, thanks a lot for your support and prayers and Love. That was sweet of everybody to. It was. It was really nice. Lots of people who've been through the same stuff. So. Great. I just want to say hello to Anthony. He'll know who I'm talking to. Okay. <laughs> okay. Any other shout-outs? Oh yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I have a. I want to thank Erica who sent me an email to update us on the uh, on one of our rehabs. It was the Tepanyaki, Michikoshi Tepanyaki Grill. So she sent us an update. I want to thank you for that. That's actually, I think, opening this coming Saturday. No, August 20th. We had on the site that it was reopening oh. on July 14th, and she, she sent corrected an email us. and corrected us. Mm. So. Oh, I'm glad I didn't go. That's Regina's fault. <laughs> we have to beat Regina now. Cool. But what happened was she went to go make an ADR for August uh, 3rd through the 12th, and they mm-hmm. told her it was going to be closed. Oh. Well, well so glad I listened to Thank you, podcast. Erica. All right. Well, thank you, Erica. <laughs> All right. I'll go first. Yeah, ahead, Gavin. The first one I have is from Lisa Barnett, and Lisa says, I was interested in hearing your opinions on La Cellier. There's always so much hype about this restaurant, and my last visit there was a real letdown. After waiting almost 90 minutes past our check-in time, I was disappointed to see just how close the tables were crammed together. The place was so noisy, we couldn't have a normal conversation, and the entrees were only so-so. Do you think everyone just conditions themselves to like it because they feel there must be something wrong with them if they don't? I think this is a common practice for people who spend a lot of time reading the Diz. There are certain restaurants that become the darlings and are the must, the, the word I think they use are the must-dos. Mm-hmm. Le Cellier is a good restaurant. It's small. At one time, it was considered the worst restaurant in all of Epcot. That's right. And but it was they, a buffet, right? It was right? a cafeteria type oh, It was thing. awful. It was horrible. It was awful, and it was cellar-like. Uh, this is a small restaurant. It is not a large space at all. And I think on any given day, anybody can have any uh, uh, negative a, experience. A negative experience. I detested Ohana. I thought Ohana was awful. And if you listen to the people talk about it, it is the best place in the world. Everybody loved it but me. I just don't think it's that good. So I can understand that if you went, I think a lot of people's expectations are heightened by the fact that everybody tells them, this is so great, this is so great, this is so great. I think you really need to go in expecting that you're going to have a meal. I don't think it's going to change your life. I think it's just a meal. And you just have to go expecting that. Do I think there's a lot of hype about it? Yes. As I've said many times in the past, our family and Bob's family celebrate Christmas Eve together every year. And our go-to restaurant is Le Cellier. It is 
a small place. It's kind of intimate. It is very crowded. But Also, what I've noticed over the years is that you'll have these restaurants that are really good, that get good word of mouth on our boards, on other discussion boards. People start going. It starts becoming really popular. And then you see the quality of the restaurant start to wane. It, you know, just because it's Disney World doesn't mean they're immune to, you know, this kind of real world condition where when you have a lot of success, you tend to get lazy. You tend to, you know, kind of coast, rest on your laurels, so to speak. And I think a lot of the restaurants that have had strong followings at Disney World, I've seen a lot of them fall into this trap. Well, there's also the the phenomenon where after something gets so much great press... Somebody has to pull it down. Somebody has to disagree. So what happens is you see people build this up and build it up and build it up until someone has a negative experience and then all of the other negative experiences start coming out. Right. And then all of a sudden it's either the best place or the worst place. I don't think this is either one. It's probably my favorite restaurant in Epcot, but it's not the kind of place I go to on a regular basis other than once a year. Right. There's a possibility that we eat there once in the summer or you know, if we're walking by and that place has a reservation available. However, I don't think it's the kind of thing. I don't know that it should be your destination. Right. Also, on any given day, any restaurant could be off. We go to a, a restaurant uh, that we love, a steakhouse in Orlando, and we went there for Father's Day, and we had a terrible meal. Right. Terrible experience, terrible meal. They had a bad day. And it stinks because you're on vacation, and this is probably the one time you're going to eat there. She might just have went there and... When it was a bad day. This is not a big place. I'm going to guess there's maybe 25 tables in the entire restaurant. And they are very close together. It's popular. Especially when we try to get the wheelchair down the ramp and and into the spot. So it it is tight. But the cheddar soup is, oh. The cheddar cheese soup soup is out of this world. So, but, you know, from what John said on Father's Day, I've got to the opinion that on a Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, uh, Father's Day type thing, I'm starting to stay away from restaurants altogether because, number one, they're at peak uh, occupancy and it, things are going to happen that day. After Be- we ate out there on Father's Day, we were told they brought mm-hmm. in additional servers just to handle the Father's oh, Day so crowd. Additional so, uh, chefs to help yeah. cook, so but we could have got someone yeah. who wasn't experienced enough. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So. And again, any restaurant review, any restaurant opinion is just that. It's an opinion. It's a snapshot of the uh, – I am I do it all the time. It's a snapshot yep. of what I experienced. Yeah. So you have to take it with that, that in mind. It's right. not a definitive answer. It's a movie review. It's a restaurant review. It's a theater review. It's just somebody's opinion. Yeah, and so, your server might be you might have an off night. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're going to have a, be having an off day. Exactly, that, com- that could completely influence my uh, my opinion of a restaurant if I have a bad server. I'm going to jump right into my second one because it's just an easy answer. Someone writes, um, "It's actually Vince from Reading, Pennsylvania. Thank you for your insight." Um, he wants to know after our uh, Il Molino review, did we go ahead and tip our server? And the answer is, of course, we did. Even, Always. Yeah. For me, for us to not tip a server, there would have had to been disaster yeah. involved. It would I under- have to be extraordinary. I right. agree. It would have to be so bad that if before I stopped tipping my server, I would have the manager table side and give them the opportunity to correct what had happened. There have been times in the past, I'm going to say I could count them on one hand, that I have completely stiffed a server. 
but that's because things happened that were in his or her control that just were unexcusable. Right. Bad food, even a little bit of an attitude, I still tip. Do I tip as well as if you did everything I asked you to do and more? No. But everybody gets the 15%. That's my answer. And I apologize. I've lost the email, and I don't think that was Vince from Reading, Pennsylvania. Yeah, you actually read the wrong name. I apologize, Vince. There's another one we're going to read of yours. This was from Darren Matthews, and Darren asked us about that. Did we... Um, Darren is from uh, is British, and tipping is not his culture. And he wanted to know: uh, Did we tip the the usual amount? Yes, we tip the usual amount, even though the service wasn't up to par. But again, these people survive on their tips, and anybody can have an off day. Right. And nothing they did was bad enough for us to not tip them. See, my rule of thumb is that for just decent, normal service, you're going to get fifteen percent. You got you got too much attitude, or you're slow, or you're lazy, or whatever. You drop down to ten. If you're good, you get bumped up to 20. In order, like Kevin said, in order to stiff somebody, it would have to be. They'd have to like pour soup in my life. It it would just have to be be so bad. See, I start at 20% and go up or down from there. No, I say I start at 15. I start at everybody. Everybody earns 15. That's what you'll, it's yours to lose. Everybody has their own little tipping scale. I mean, I have never been accused of being a cheap tipper. I'm a big, huge tipper. Um, I just, I worked in service for a long time. I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, you know, take care of your take care of your servers, but servers also have to work for it. Right. The other thing is when we go out to do a restaurant review, we order differently than we would order normally as a family. A lot of times, um, portions are huge, and we would order less food if we were going out on our own. When we go out to do a restaurant review, we take a try and get a broad sampling of everything that's there. We also sort of, I think we might ask more of our server than we normally would because we are ordering more food than we could possibly eat. Right. And what we're doing is we're looking to put somebody through their paces. You know, I want to see what happens. I want to come back and tell you, I, oh, I'm always honest about what happened, but I, I want to see what happens. So it's not the normal situation for us to go out and have dinner where I might have a conversation with a waiter. This is what I'm expecting. This is what I need. This is what I want. I don't do that when I go in. I want to see what the average guest is going to encounter. Right. You're just like a so, secret shopper. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't yeah. always, I give them the benefit of the doubt, but I don't always go in and give them exactly all of the information that I need. But you're not trying to set them up either. No, I'm not looking for anybody right. to fail. I right. mean, nobody wants to have a rot- rotten meal, even if I'm reviewing the right. restaurant. I, I still want to have a great experience. Right, of course. Um, but I, I do it a little differently than if we all went out to dinner on a regular, just a regular night out. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Kevin. Who would like to go next? Corey? I have one. Um, I have one from Dennis from Troy, Illinois. He has a question uh, about the 10-day ticket. He He wants to know... If he can buy a 10-day ticket and go to two water parks for five days, basically... Two parks. Oh, yeah, two parks. Did I say water parks? Yes. God, it's hot out here. I must have water on my mind. The, um, basically, can he go to the Magic Kingdom in the morning, use a day, and then go to Epcot in the afternoon to use a second day? The answer is no. It, and the reason he asks is because the 10-day ticket is cheaper than the five-day park hopper. So you can't. You just need to get a five-day park hopper. They won't let you burn yeah, two Dis- days. Disney wouldn't leave a loophole that, that no. big. Right. However, it's creative. <laughs> this is something to consider too. If a 10-day t- a ticket is going to be cheaper than the 5, get the 10-day, get the no expiration option, and then you can use that on another visit. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's great. That's what my parents are considering doing. They uh they come they come a lot, but they don't come enough to get an annual pass. So 
they're thinking about getting a 10 day no expiration just to i think the no expiration option is awesome yeah. if you don't get it it's, it's a just pretty silly. good hedge on inflation yeah yeah if you're going to come a couple uh, two trips it, it makes sense mm-hmm. not only that but it's really hard to let those days expire yep. yeah yeah if you can't use those last two days you're those are almost, expensive days right? you pay yeah. a lot of money for those Hmm. It's expensive replacement costs. The last two days really weren't expensive, but you start start to think to yourself, what if I have to replace these later on? It's more expensive. Right, exactly. Exactly. So, okay. Thank you, Corey. Mrs. Martin, you have one you'd like to read? Um, My first one is from Dawn, who is in Chester Basin in Nova Scotia, Canada. Um, She says that she faithfully listens every week. And what she'd like to know is, how can I get a Diz t-shirt even if my comment or question is not read on the show? Well, now you get one. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I wanted to let everyone know who maybe doesn't want to write into the show or just hasn't had a chance. If you do want to purchase any Diz Unplugged gear, you can go to the Cafe Press link, which is on the main podcast page. But she also has a side note where she says that she thinks orange Diz Crocs would be a total sellout. So, just an idea for us. <laughs> so, does this mean Dawn gets her T-shirt because we read hers, yes. even though yeah. she doesn't want us to read her? She is sneaky. Yeah, and that's sneaky. She is. Huh? She but she is actually part. here right now. So, we hope you had a great vacation when you get back to listen to this. Cool. Dawn cool. gets credit for being sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, you got one? Yeah, I have one from John from North Canton, Ohio. And they're going to be going on the uh, westbound Panama uh, reposition cruise uh, next May, which we may go on too. Uh, they've never been to Disneyland before, and they wanted some advice from us uh, because they'll be flying out of uh, Santa Ana John Wayne Airport. Uh, so they want to. Uh, can you give us suggestions for the best way to get from the port to Disneyland and how far that is, and then from Disneyland to the airport? Uh, we will be staying at Disneyland on Sunday and Monday night after the cruise, waiting to uh, to make DVC reservations, and then they're leaving on Tuesday. And then also they want some suggestions for Disneyland, uh, which hotel to stay in, how to approach the parks over Memorial Day weekend. Uh, any help would be appreciated. We'll have to send him 10 T-shirts for all those questions. Yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> first, I, I want to answer the last one first. Memorial Day weekend at Disneyland. I, I think we were out there for Memorial Day last year, I, I believe. We were there for one of the holidays, and it is Halloween. We were there the end of September. Oh, okay. Well, we were there for something. You're thinking about Labor Day. That's in September. Maybe that. We're going to have holiday right, identification. <laughs> None of them are at the end of September. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we were there for something. St. Beggins Day. And... <laughs> My advice is to get into the park early on on uh, take a nap for Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. You were going to get a pen and paper. Get a pen and paper. Do the parks early. Uh it's going to be really bad as far as crowds for at the end of the day to watch Fantasmic and and that remember that the mm-hmm. night we were there, and it was like your shoulder to shoulder, and it's like if you have claustrophobia, forget it. He wanted to know how far it was from from the port to Disneyland, and it is thirty seven minutes, about thirty miles. Oh, that's under normal traffic conditions. Under normal traffic conditions, 
but if there are other cars 30, on the road, the thirty-seven minute, but the thirty-seven be, minute trip could be closer to two yeah. hours. Yeah, there's two not, hours. The traffic conditions will and not be like, normal. <laughs> and like Kevin said, it's it's better to to get the transfers from the ship and from the ship to the resort. It's thirty dollars per person for anyone over age three, and uh, from the ship to LAX, it's the same. They're thing. going to what, uh, John Wayne. Right, but they're going to the resort first for two days, so to get from they want to know how to get from the ship to the resort, the resort, and then from the resort back to John Wayne Airport. Well, I have that too. Uh, you you need to take a taxi or the super shuttle from the resort to John Wayne. You can't get a transfer to go to John Wayne from the resort. Now, as far Disney. as resort suggestions at Disneyland, um, I. If you want to stay in one of the Disney-owned resorts, my vote would go to either the Disneyland Hotel or to uh, the Grand Californian. Paradise Pier is not a bad hotel. It just doesn't do anything at all for me. It's across the street. It's a little it just, farther. It's, it's close, but it's across well, the street. It's it just it, it's 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 Disney-owned because Disney bought it. Um, and that's I, I don't know. It, it it lacks something the other two have, but. The other thing that we're hearing is Disney Cruise Line is only offering add-ons right now of three nights, and they're very expensive. You can only book three nights through Disney Cruise Line. You can't book one or two or four. Right. You have to book three nights. And if you're going, um, Disneyland hasn't released their 2008 dates yet, so you can't book a Disneyland hotel for the after cruise days as right. of yet. Okay. I think in August uh, they're supposed to come out the so other, allegedly. Not only is it going to be busy because of Memorial Day, but there's 852 staterooms getting off the ship that day. Right. Those hotel rooms are going to go quick. So if you're thinking about making a reservation for them, you're going to have to watch for when Disneyland releases those dates and make your reservation fairly quickly after that. Right. Now, we stayed in the Sheridan in Anaheim. That was a nice hotel. It's within walking distance. Uh, they have a shuttle that goes to the... To the parks also, so that, that was a good idea. Yeah, there's there's pretty much, I mean, in terms of good neighbor hotels, there's there's a hotel to fit every budget uh, within walking distance of Disneyland. It's not like Disney World where it's this mass expanse. It's a right. much more compacted area, much smaller area. It's all on Harbor Boulevard mostly. Right. So, um, and then to get to John Wayne, it's about 14 miles. So you can either take a taxi or do the super shuttle. Uh, that's out there. Then uh, John Wayne Airport, that's not too far from Newport Beach, right? Didn't right. We, yeah. yeah, we passed by it, didn't yeah. we? We passed by it. I'm pretty yeah. sure because I was like, there's a John that Wayne was like, Airport. Because that was a really nice last, <laughs> that was a really nice last day in November. We kind of like tooled around Newport Beach. We had lunch at this great little, this great little bistro at this cute little town and yeah, it's in, drove it's around like a little bit. Went to Fry's Electronics. Santa Ana. That oh, was yeah. the worst we, part. We need we need a Fry's <laughs> Electronics out here. I, you ever been in one of those? No. Oh no, John. I, you're I, out. No, no. It's it's like Best Buy on steroids. It's the mothership. We were in when heaven. We're, Julie it, was yeah, in it dwarfs Best Buy. Ladies, stay away. To Send tell, your husbands by themselves. To tell the story, <laughs> from the time we landed in in California. I had been trying to get Peter to go to the, the Fry's Electronics out there. Yeah, but Every, we were out there to work, right. and so and that really had to take precedence. So he kind of rolled his eyes when I said, let's let's go there. Yeah, because we had to work. And well, I we understand didn't have, that. But well, when didn't we just we happen have to be passing by, and we saw it from the interstate? Yeah, we passed by because I, I plotted the course to go <laughs> by it that day. So 
But to see Pete's eyes roll back in his head was worth every cent. So, so that that well, should worth, answer worth every cent that you paid for the trip. No, whatever. <laughs> so, I uh, hope that answers your question, John. All right. Well, thank you, John, for writing in. Thank you, Bob, for that. Um, I have one here from Pam in Seattle, Washington, um, who asks about, uh, says her family and she and her family are doing a land sea package in February of 2008. Her son will only be four at the time, but a big four. Uh, when I was looking at stuff for Castaway Key, such as the snorkeling and boats, it says the ages are five and up. Are we going to be able to do these things with my son? We were thinking about just going to be uh, up to the desk and renting without him there or maybe buying a snorkeling set for him at home to take with us. And uh, she wanted basically to know if her son's going to be able to do anything at all on, on Castaway Key. What we did is we asked one of our uh, Dreams Unlimited travel agents, Sue Ellen Soto Rios, who has a, a young son. And because uh, uh, I believe the last trip that she made, her, her son was four. And uh, what she says is basically any of the shore excursions you have to sign up for that say five and older, it's five and older, and they're strict about it. Uh, in terms of snorkeling, yes, you can rent the equipment and put it on him, but she recommends that you get the equipment at home first uh, for him and make sure it fits because the size of the stuff that they're renting there may not fit him right, and you don't want that problem with for a four-year-old when they're they're snorkeling. So this way... You'll know the equipment fits, and uh... also Castaway Key is not a, a full day, so there's going to be so much there for him to do, and there's going to be so much excitement there that you know I don't know if going on one of these excursions is really going to be the end all and be all to yeah. your trip. Yeah, I got to tell you, just hanging out in the water, just playing on the beach for especially for a four year old with it, a pair of goggles. Yeah, it, it's, it's it that's really, what I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come exactly. on, man. And she's older than four. <laughs> Way older than four. <laughs> the, they have their the boneyard where you can go and you can dig up the whale bones. And they've got the great the kids' activities. If he's like any other kid on that ship, he's going to be want want to be part of the kids' activities from the first day. So and you see, and one of the things where I think you know obeying the rules. If people are going to get strict about obeying the rules anywhere, this is where you do it. Um, if they're saying five and up, there's a reason. Safety and. Those reasons are not marketing-based. They're not arbitrary. They're based on some safety concerns. And they don't necessarily have to lay out why exactly it's five and up, but they have their reasons. They've done the research. And, you know, if you're going to let your four-year-old do this stuff, you have to do so keeping in mind that your child could get hurt. Snorkeling is also a tough sell for somebody. I mean, I'm a good swimmer. But I get a little claustrophobic with a snorkel mask on and that. that I don't breathing. enjoy snorkeling. I, don't. I, I can't breathe. I, I feel I, like I can't breathe at all. The suggestion about doing this at home or right. trying it in your pool or even your bathtub, your four-year-old might just not like snorkeling. Right. I mean, so it's kind of a lot to invest not only to build up their expectation that you're going to be doing this, but to buy equipment and or rent equipment and find out that everybody's trip is now or day is now kind of put off because you can't get a four-year-old to snorkel and after all you know this is disney we're talking about it's not like there's going to be a shortage of things for a four-year-old to do on this island so i would suggest that uh before you worry about you know the four or five-year-old thing you know take a look at the things that you know your son can do at four and 
maybe kind of plan more around that. But technically speaking, if you do want to take your son snorkeling, um, yeah, you can. I guess you can. You can. You can do that. One other thing, we have friends that travel with us, and they take their grandson, who is four, and just because all of the activities that are built for a four-year-old, the Disney staff is very well-trained. So they're very good at adapting those activities to what a four-year-old might be able to do. There's not just a one set of activities. They're pretty willing to slide the scale for kids. So if you've got a big four-year-old who's got great manual dexterity, there are people there who will be able to keep him entertained and active. It's not the same activity, exact same activity for all four-year-olds. They're really good about tailoring what you do to your particular child. I've never seen a bored child on Castaway Key. Right. I've nope. never seen that. Play by I, the rules in this in this yeah, situation. I would I would suggest yeah. The, on this one, if they recommend five and up, stick go by that. Go by that. You really honestly and truly you have no shortage of things for your kids to do on Castaway Key. So I hope that answers your question, Pam. May not be the answer you wanted, but I hope that answers your question. And uh, John, why don't you go ahead? I have one from Sean Windover in Coburg, Ontario, Canada. And Sean says, my question is quite simple. How busy do you think it's going to be this early fall with the free dining in effect? We'll be going right after Labor Day, September 3rd through the 10th. We've never been there during the free dining, and we'd like to know what your opinion is going to be or would be. It's going to be busy. Uh, free dining is accomplishes exactly what Disney wants it to do. It brings people into the parks. It brings people into their resorts. Right. It's tremendously popular. A lot of people book it. However, here's where it gets tricky. You're going to have more problems eating than you are riding rides because everyone is there to take advantage of the free dining and to get every last penny out of that that they can. It's almost like people overplan their meals. They yeah. plan their lunches and their dinners and where they're going to have breakfast and how they're going to use those snack things. That w- The reports that we have is that actually the parks aren't that bad. Right, You don't get the day visitors at that point. Um, uh, there's not the people coming in just for the day. Right. The hotels will be crowded and the restaurants will be crowded. You won't know. The parks are big and absorb a lot of people. So they don't fill up just with the people staying in the hotels. There's a great deal of influx from day visitors. So I think you won't, as John said, you won't have trouble getting on the rides, but eating might be a challenge. Yeah. And I think my best suggestion would be plan your meals for off times. And be flexible. Be flexible. Eat your lunch late. Eat your dinner early. You know, breakfast in the middle of the day. And then so this way you're not trying to go when everyone else is trying to go and get a dinner reservation. And you won't be disappointed, oh, I couldn't use all my dining credits. We were actually in the parks last year during free dining and we're surprised at how not crowded the parks were. But then decided that we actually had to leave the, the parks to eat. We couldn't go to any of the places that we would normally go to. Good. All right. Well, thank you, John. And uh, who would like to go next? I have another one, short and sweet. Uh, it's from Charles from Florence, South Carolina. His question is, why did Disney get rid of the Carousel of Progress? This was my favorite ride as a child and well into adulthood. What is planned for the space? Um, Carousel of Progress is not closed. We were just there the other day, and it is open. They do close seasonally. Seasonal, right. So maybe you, you somebody you know went there while it was closed, and they told you that it was closed for good it's not closed for good so it, it is open and as far as we know there's no plans for closing it for good right it's one of those things like uh small world 
It's a Walt Legacy ride. There's going to be such a public outcry. You'll hear it everywhere if they decide to take Carousel of Progress out. People who don't even ride it will start to complain. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's what happened with Mr. Toad's Wild Run. You know, they all complained. Right. But nobody ever wrote it. I wrote it. No, I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> uh, you uh, know I love Mr. This, Toad. <laughs> there, was this, there was this great outcry about it, but the problem was is that the reason Disney was closing is nobody, nobody ever wrote it. Yeah. And those 18 people picketed. Exactly. That's so funny. Julie you was know. there. So. Julie likes the Aristocats ride. <laughs> all right, who's next? You're all getting beaten up. Except for Corey and Bob. And Peter. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of the fat guys are getting beaten up. <laughs> you didn't even say a word and you're in the getting beaten up pile. <laughs> it's just by association that you're guilty. <laughs> all right, who's next? Me. <laughs> um, mine's from Art and he is from Phoenix, Arizona. His question is, um, he's planning a trip for next year for his birthday, June 21st to the 28th, and he's never been in June before. He wants to know what can he ex- expect. Will it be too hot or crowded? Should we avoid it altogether? And what will restaurant reservations be like? Do I need to book right at 180 days out? He's only been in February, April, May, and September, and was there for one day in July last year before his cruise. So any information we could give would be great. It's going to be hot. It's going to be crowded. Make your reservations in advance. Expect <laughs> afternoon showers. It's the same temperature as the surface of the sun. Plan accordingly. <laughs> as as we have been as we have been mentioning, um, pretty almost every week uh, regarding dining and, and restaurant reservations and how difficult they are to get. Regardless of what time of the year you're coming down, it's just a good idea to make those reservations as early as possible. Um, and have them because we learned our lesson while Taylor was here. The closer you get to travel, you just don't know. You just don't know how busy these reservations are, uh, these restaurants are going to be. So regardless of what time of the year, but you know, be safe, make your ADRs. Yep. 180 days out. And I have to give, um, claps to the people who cancel reservations. I, the people who cancel reservations that they're not going to use, they deserve our credit. Mm -hmm. They, are good people. If you're not going to use an ADR, cancel it. Let someone else have it. As opposed exactly. to the no-shows who just yeah. right. forget about it. Yeah. Cancel the ones you're not going to use. Let other people take your spot. Yeah. Agreed. And okay. June, yeah, I mean, crowded, crowded and hot. It's yeah, we popped be. our heads into a few places just to see if they had any openings and no go. What was his name? Art. Art. Remember that day you were here in July? Was it hot? <laughs> it was July 1st, I guess. Well, no, it says one day in July. It's right. going to be hotter than a trip to the center of the earth hot. <laughs> Check that one off. Bob is trying to come up with... No, he no, has a list, a list in front of him. <laughs> a list. When did you have a whole list? Make that list. <laughs> I can hear the yeah, thud really. from here. <laughs> it's like as hot as Bob's brain is trying to come up with a list no, of why it's so hot. It's going to be hot as asphalt. <laughs> oh. That only makes sense if you say hotter than Georgia asphalt. Yeah. Bring your shorts, bring your mister, drink water, be prepared for crowded parks. Pen and paper, take a nap. (laughs) Sunscreen. The usual. Be safe. I hope we answered the the question. Charge the cut. Make sure your car is charged the night before you go to the parks. Otherwise, Corey has to push it back to the parking, back back to the car. Take a note. Oh, yeah. We had to do that. Nothing sadder than pushing an electric cart. Yeah, at Island at, at Islands of Adventure, Bob's battery ran out on his car. No, my brake locked up. I thought your battery went. Your dead. battery went dead. Yeah, you couldn't and start we had it. to push it from Universal Studios or Islands of Adventure all the way through yeah. City Walk. It was New York Street. It was New York Street in uh, 
at Universal all the way back to the parking garage. Oh, I wanted that high. That was bad. I have to tell you a quick story. When John's family was here a couple of weeks ago, John's dad is an older gentleman and rode part of the day in a wheelchair. And his brother was pushing it, and who's not used to dealing with someone in a wheelchair. And they were going up the hill into Epcot, and he was sweating. At Animal the t- Kingdom. I'm sorry, up the little hill into Animal Kingdom. And at the top of the hill, he was sweating. And that's when they realized you could release the brake. <laughs> <laughs> he had both brakes on. It was, like, it was like shaving off the, pla- the rubber from the wheels or going behind. The response was, wow, this is easier. <laughs> so much easier with the brake off. That's like me driving with the parking brake on. <laughs> Oh, car goes so much What's that smell? <laughs> wow, there's more than one gear. Mm. All right. Well, thank you, Julie. Who's next? Me. I have one from Janelle Barry. I don't know where she lives. Um, she says uh, her brother and, and her are, are traveling in September and will be checking in September 24th through the 27th, and they would like to stay at Pop Century. Her brother will have a, a Florida resident annual pass, and she's going to have a, a Park Harbor ticket. Uh, there's only two restaurants uh, that they want to eat at, and that's La Cellier's and Whispering Canyon. Uh, is it too late to book? What is my best option, package, ticket, booking-wise? So uh, you can still book uh, an AP uh, room only pass uh, for a room uh, still for August 5th through September 29th. It's going to be based on availability. Call yeah, Disney. Right. Tell them you've got an annual pass. You're looking for an annual pass rate. I wouldn't book a package at this point since you all right. have passes. It doesn't right. make any sense. Well, there's an annual pass, which is FDV for just a room only. Is the code that you would give when you called in. Right. And uh, it's like moderates are $99 starting rate. 64 for a standard value uh, resort and 140 for a standard deluxe. Those and again, I just want to reiterate, this is, this is based on availability. Please don't get mad at us if you call right. up and they say it's not there. And as far as the restaurants you've chosen, they're very, very popular. Well, yeah. one of the things I, I went ahead and did for them is I've already called to check on the dates from the 24th to the 26th. Well, is already sold out. So it's not available because of the the free dining plan. It's just not there. And Whispering Canyon is there is some availability, but it's like nine forty at night and eight fifty at night. So they'll be eating late. So they'll be eating late. So I'd call and make that reservation as quick as possible because that's pretty much. I have another trick that I don't usually like to tell people, but everybody has to pay for their vacation forty five days prior to arrival. If you're on a package, yeah, right. Call it 45 days prior to arrival. Yeah, that's a good tip. A lot of times people cancel their reservations, and you might be able to get a reservation that's pretty hard to get 45 days before the date you're looking to dine at La Cellier. You might get somebody who cancels, and that's what I was saying before. Right. We did. We should pat people on the back who cancel reservations that they're not going to use. So. And as far as uh, good the, tip. the ticket uh, for her... Uh, the three-day ticket, Park Hopper. But if your uh, brother has an annual pass and you're thinking about coming a, a second time, take a look at adding extra days on and putting the no expiration like we said before. And, you know, you may be able to save some money over the course of two visits. So that's 
That's it for Janelle. And one more tip about dining. If it's a place you really want to eat, go to the podium, put your name in, and see if you can get in. It's not always the case that if they say it's booked up, that you know you will definitely not get in. You should be. It's always to, worth a try. Worst they try. can do is say no. They can't exactly. hit you. La Cellier is one of those places that's very, very tough to get a reservation. But there are people who know show. There are people who don't right. show up. You might just lock in. Often. The other thing is be flexible, or they'll laugh at you when you walk to the podium. We were there last Christmas Eve, and some lady walked up and wanted to know if she could make a reservation at La Cellier for that night. And they told her the next available reservation was in March. That's right. And that was Christmas huh. Eve. That's right. That's crazy. That's crazy. But that's what happens. All right. Well, thank you, Janelle. Thank you, Bob. Who else? Anybody else has a? Email? I have another one. All right, John. I have one from Norm and Sandra. I don't know where they're from. Um, we envy you guys a little bit because of your proximity to Disney World and have to ask, are there any current restaurants, attractions, events that your team has not partaken? Um, yes. I mean, there's so much to do at Disney, so much to do and see. I personally couldn't say I've done everything, but I think that's what's good about our team is that everyone's tried to get to do something. I haven't been to the Nemo show at Animal Kingdom yet. Right. Yeah, I've been trying to get everyone over there and just it's hasn't. It's not a- for lack of desire. It's just, yeah. you know. Lack of interest of walking into Animal Kingdom. Exactly. <laughs> or waiting in that line for two hours yeah, to see the, the show. Yeah, the long line <laughs> in the hot sun. Have and we explained to you that it's hot? Frying pan hot. Uh, <laughs> check that one off. He's checking them off. Yeah, we did. We did turtle talk for the first time, and that's been that's been here for a while. Right. And we did that yeah. for the first time There's this past week. So much to see and do. Even the you know people talk about what's that little you know those little hidden things that you want to participate in. It's almost impossible to do all of that. So, yeah, we're always experiencing something new. That's the fun of living here. I think people think when you live here, it's like you're on vacation. No, and when you're on vacation, you can devote. 24 hours a day to Disney. You can Disney till you can't stand up anymore. When you live here, you still have laundry to do mm-hmm. and go to the grocery store. So the life intrudes on our time in Disney. Yeah. So the only time we vacation is when we have people coming in to vacation. Right. And even then, I don't vacation all that much. <laughs> <laughs> he sends them on their way. <laughs> like, here's my, co- you know, my, my nephew and his, and his girlfriend come in. It's like, here's some money. Here's some tickets. Here's my car. Here, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. I program the GPS system to take you right there and bring you home. The other thing You don't is, even need to know where you're going. When you live here, you become very spoiled by the fact that you can go the first week of November. Right. Yeah. When the temperature outside is 75 degrees, there's no humidity and there's no one here. Yeah. So you wander from place to place without tripping over carriages and other people and sweating to death. Those double so, strollers. Right. So, I mean, you're a little spoiled by the fact that, especially when you have an annual pass, that you can pretty much wander at will. So we wait until those times. And, yes, we're much more active in the parks during those times. When it's hot and crowded and hot, you just sort of stay away. Mm-hmm. It's really hot, Bob. It's hot as the sun. Hot. Okay. Boy, yeah, this, uh, these are creative, Bob. <laughs> They're going to be setting the world on fire with these. I, 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 think that that I think that is pretty witty. Witty repartee you've got going over there. <laughs> I, I got I got more. Was yeah. that it? That was my last one. And I already read What's my two. One? I just have a list of hots. I enjoy your weekly podcast, and you guys are right on the money. Okay, now for the question. This is from Vince in Reading. Vince, I told you I was going to get back to your question. 
For the first time, we're planning a trip in January. My wife is a teacher, so we normally stuck with the hot summer months. What temps can I expect in mid-January, and are the pools even a consideration? Vince, January is a crapshoot. You might run into very nice weather. Mm-hmm. You also mm-hmm. might run into 20-degree weather. The pools at Disney are heated, and in Reading, Pennsylvania, you understand cold. So if it's 60 degrees here, the Floridians will all be inside with their sweaters on. The North people from the Northeast, they'll all be in the pool. In shorts, yeah. You know, it's going really to depend. January is one of those times you really have to come packed. You have to have your shorts and your yeah. mittens. It yep. really is. You never know. Right. But personally, I think it's, it's better than the middle time. of the summer. It's the best time to visit the parks. It's not crowded. The temperatures are beautiful. You'll There's be able no to enjoy. humidity. Right. The, the pools, it's up to you. I wouldn't swim in the middle of January, but I live here. No, I wouldn't either. And again, you have to bring shorts and mittens. However, there are people, even on coldest days, even on... Yeah, it's December true. and January. You see people in those pools. Oh, yeah. pools it's, heated. it's almost like I've paid this much money. I'm. <laughs> what are they heated to? Seventy eight. It's warm. They're yeah, they're heated warm. I'm pretty sure it's seventy eight degrees. But yeah, I, I've, I've seen like where like the, the steam is rising yep. off yeah. of them in the morning. There keep will also in mind only be though, one water park open too that you have to get from the pool to your hotel room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the really cold. It's not heated. Right. <laughs> wet. Bring the robe from your room. There's our answer. You never know. January's tough. You never know. All right, well, that is going to do it for us this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed our email show, and we will be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for writing in. See you next week.